Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH, and 96.5 TIC. This morning, we're going to be talking with Brenda Watson, Executive Director of Operation Fuel. And we're going to focus on, basically, on this episode, a wrap-up of this past winter's energy assistance program. And we'll get into some other topics as well and talk about what might be coming up a little later this year with the upcoming winter energy assistance program and other ways that Operation Fuel helps the people of Connecticut. Good morning, Brenda. Welcome to Face Connecticut, and thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Brenda, I know that you guys had a lot of applications for energy assistance just this past winter. Could you talk about the numbers you guys saw? Oh, wow. An unprecedented amount. Um, we are still wait, making our way through applications that have not been processed yet, but it's looking like we're going to be close to serving um, nearly 9,000 households this year, um, providing over $7 million in grants. Now, if the applications haven't been processed yet, but we're at the end of winter, what does that mean for people who might actually get their application processed and okayed? Um, For those who will continue to get their um, applications processed and okayed, it means that we'll be able to help them with a one-time payment of $500, either uh, for their fuel or uh, utility. How many more applications were received last winter? compared to what you would normally see in a year? Oh, geez. Um, so last year we served, and in, in the entire program year, we served over 6,000 households. Um, but in this year, this program season, we served, like I said, um, pretty much nearly 9,000. And the bulk of those customers came in the winter, um, and that's right around the time that the uh, electric rates went up 50%. Um, we just were not expecting to get caught off guard the way that, that we were. Um, I, I mean, we expected to serve more households, but not not at the same level that, not at the level that we saw. It was really um, quite shocking that that many people needed um, assistance. Well, I, I should walk that back. I shouldn't be surprised by the number of people that came to our program because there are 400,000 households in the state that struggle with the cost of basic needs. It's just that um, now that more folks are aware of our program 
and they can apply without having to make an appointment. We also believe that's kind of what happened where folks were able to um, access our program um, more conveniently, which is what we wanted. That's that's what we wanted to do was to ensure that people had a choice when they were struggling with this crisis. Um, unfortunately, our resources just could not keep up with the demand. When you mentioned that you had a lot of applications for the winter ser- season, um, yet I know that you guys offer relief and assistance year-round, do you guys always see that surge in winter months more so than, say, in the summer? Not normally. We normally see the surge in the summer, um, and we did. We saw a surge when we opened up in July. Um, we have a summer and fall program, which starts in July and it ends at the end of October. Typically, um, we serve around 2,000 households in that period, but this year we served 4,000 households. Um, so we were, uh, you know, surprised by that, but we honestly went into the winter thinking, well, you've got the, the state's energy assistance program going, that's going to stem the tide a bit, but that's not what happened. People were accessing both programs. Um, from what I understand, the state's energy assistance program also received a 25% increase in the number of applications that they would have, households that they would normally serve. So it, it happened across all energy related and I would suspect other basic need programs um, that serve people who need um, assistance with housing, food, and definitely um, energy. Brenda Watson is my guest this morning on Face Connecticut. She is the executive director of Operation Fuel. Now, I know we talked a little bit about this last time you were on Face Connecticut, which would have been ahead of the winter season last year, Um, so late summer, early fall, around that time. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about where the funding comes from to help people out with their energy assistance. Could you remind listeners how that's working today and how that actually happens? So we receive um, funding from various sources. Uh, The first would be a surcharge on electric and gas bills. It's called the systems benefit charge. Um, We receive $2.1 million from that. So ratepayers of all incomes contribute to that. Um, We also receive add-a-dollar donations, and that's a program that is uh, by choice of the customer. Um, You can add $1 or more, and we typically receive around $600,000 annually from that program. Um, And we also receive a portion of fines that um, go through the uh, regulatory process. So um, Pura, also known as, um, well, it's the Public Utility Regulatory Authority, also known as Pura, Um, we were identified um, by the legislature to receive a portion of fines that come through uh, Pura. Um, The unfortunate thing is we don't know what the funding is going to be from year to year, so it's difficult for us to plan. Um, The uh, the good news is we received uh, a a huge um, surge in donations from that source, which allowed us to serve more households, so we're very pleased about that. Um, And then we received donations from individuals and foundations and and corporations who want to support the work that we do. Um, So we're very grateful for all of the resources that come in. Um, And, you know, the more dollars we get, the more households we're able to serve. As I said, we we served 6,000 households last year. This year we were able to serve up to uh, 9,000. And that really is driven by the resources that we generate. 
Is it ever a problem where you look at the amount of resources that you have and say, uh-oh, how are we going to be able to help 9,000 households? Are you ever concerned about that? Absolutely. I'm concerned. Um, I was concerned about having to shut down our season um, early. We normally would run in through the end of May. Um, so it was a really tough call to make. Um, the staff here was not happy with it, um, but they all understood that it was the right decision because, you know, if if we're not thinking of managing this organization fiscally uh, and being responsible, then, you know, we can get ourselves into trouble. So having to, you know, shut our doors is, is not a call that we want to make, but it keeps us um, healthy as an organization financially. And it allows us to think about ways in which we can m- minimize the the um, stress of um, a surge like that for next year. So we've, we're putting some strategies in place to um, assist us with that. And unfortunately, this problem has gotten to be so big that um, we we would never be able to serve everyone. Like I said, 400,000 households um, struggle with the cost of basic needs in Connecticut. And um, I think it's just going to continue to get worse for people as the cost of living increases and wages are not catching up to the cost of living. When the season ended on Friday, April 14th, which was, again, the early end to the season, mm-hmm. um, what at that time were families able to do? Because they weren't able to apply anymore for assistance. That mm-hmm. was shut off with Operation Fuel. So what were they to do then? Mm-hmm. Or if they still need assistance now, what can they do now? So the first thing that they can do is um, if you have a utility account that you're struggling with is call your utility company. There are several different low-income programs that um, can be offered to a customer, and utilities do not want to have to shut people off. So um, do that first and do that in advance of a shutoff date so that you're not scrambling at the last minute. Um, The second thing that people can do is – Reach out to uh, 211 to learn more about weatherization services. Um, Energy efficiency can actually uh, reduce one's energy bill by up to 20% annually. Um, When you are able to get those services done in the the home or apartment that you're living in, it means that your um, home is now more energy efficient and you're not wasting energy. So um, energy efficiency is really one of the best strategies to help with the the rising crisis of energy burden. And the third thing um, is pay attention to what's happening around energy policy and regulatory issues by going to the the DEEP website, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, um, the PURA website, um, the, the Public Utility Regulatory Authority, and reach out to your locally elected officials and ask them what they're doing about you know these issues, um, because this really has gotten to be a problem that um, nonprofits are here to support, but it's it will be an incredible challenge for us to solve it. It's just it really will take policy and law to solve this issue for people. Brenda Watson is the executive director of Operation Fuel, and she's our guest this morning on Face Connecticut, talking a little bit about um, this past winter's energy assistance program. We'll get into some other topics as well. But still talking about this past winter, you heard a number of people who were very happy that it was not necessarily as cold a winter as it could have been. I mean, there were some days in January where it was 
55, 60 degrees. And I'm wondering, did that help Operation Fuel and its recipients of assistance programs at all, the fact no. that it was warmer or no? No. I, that's a message that I, I'm so glad that you bring that up because that's a message that I want to get across, that um, the energy issue is not a, a cold weather problem. It's not a hot weather problem. It's a cost problem, meaning um, if you can't afford to pay your utility bill, it doesn't matter what temperature it is outside. Um, what I will say is that uh, no one wants to live in an uncomfortable condition. And people who struggle with the cost of energy will, will tend to do that. They will uh, keep their home temperatures, uh, their indoor temperatures at unsafe levels because they're afraid of what the bill is going to be at the end of, of the month. Um, and in a summer, people will do the same thing. Um, but the summer is where it's more dangerous for people who do not have electricity in a home because the first thing that goes is your refrigerator, and that's all of your food. The second is if you have a heart condition or underlying condition or uh, respiratory issues and you don't have access to a fan or air conditioning or cooling, um, that that's where uh, people should really get concerned um, because oftentimes folks don't know that they're struggling with a heat-related issue until it's too late. And um, so this isn't about uh, cold weather or hot weather. Even though those issues are important, this really is about the cost of energy in the state. It's just out of touch for too many people, and it's out of touch for working-class families. Um, and that's, th that was another surge of applicants that we saw this year people who are working, sometimes two and three jobs to make ends meet, in which those ends are still not meeting even after working so many hours in a day. And um, it's it's more systemic. It's a much bigger issue than what Operation Fuel can really handle in terms of solving this issue for folks. Um, we can do our best to help mitigate, but honestly, this is it gets down to the policy and regulatory decision-making. We're currently in a legislative session. Have you been in touch with lawmakers yourself advocating for what you think might help this problem? Yes, there are several um, bills that we are in support of. Um, the biggest one right now is the energy labeling. And um, I don't have the bill number in front of me, but what it means is um, landlords of properties will have to provide the cost of um, energy in an apartment as people are, you know, searching for where they want to live. Um, in the same way that you go car shopping and you get the uh, miles per gallon of the vehicle, you're, you're being given information that helps inform your decision on what to buy. Um, so the same thing applies to where you live. So when you're looking to uh, move into a new apartment, you're going to want to know, well, what's the energy bill in this building or in this apartment so that I can make the right decision on whether or not I can afford to live here? Um, so we're we're really excited about that, hoping that that makes its way through. Um, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that at some point homeowners will have this provision um, added maybe next year. In other words, so it wouldn't just be for people looking for an apartment, but people buying a house. Is that what you're saying? I believe that the current law that's making its way through is for renters only. Um, don't quote me on that, but um, okay. if if it goes through, I'm hoping that if 
if it's true that the, uh, the there is no provision for homeowners that it be added next year. We talk a bit about electricity. Is the same for water? And do you provide assistance for water utility bills, correct? We, we do provide assistance for water utility bills for three companies. That's the MDC, Connecticut Water, and Aquarion. Um, those programs are uh, supported by those three companies. They um, actually put their own money into it. And um, the cost of water is definitely an issue for people, but just not in the same way that it is for um, energy. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe um, Pura just recently um, made a decision to not allow for Aquarian water to increase their rates, saving households in that water territory um, about $67 a year. Um, and for the MDC, I believe the water rates actually went down this season. Um, I know that I'm a MDC customer and our water bill has actually gone down um, as a result of that, but also um, <laughs> replacing our, our shower head. So um, I, again, water is becoming an issue for people, but not in the same frequency as the energy. And what about gas? Oh, gas is definitely um, considered a utility, and um, yes, um, gas is uh, quite unaffordable for for folks. Uh, that is um, so. When it comes to home energy across the board, uh, it's definitely unaffordable for folks. You guys offer year-round utility and energy assistance, and so I don't want people listening to think that this is just for winter assistance. Could you talk about what's offered year-round? So we. Um, uh, open our program in the summer. Um, unfortunately, uh, we're opening later this year. We typically will open in July, um, but we're opening in August. So we'll accept applications from August through the end of October. We utilize the month of November to uh, process all of the applications that came in. Um, and then we reopen in the winter um, and uh will typically stay open through the end of May. We're hoping next year that we can do that. Um, and uh, so that's that's the year-round piece. We also um, offer the water utility assistance year-round um, based on calendar year. And we also have a very limited um, Better Homes and Building program. That's an energy efficiency program where we work with vendors to go into one's home, um, understand what the issues are, uh, that would prevent someone from getting weatherization, and we help remediate the issues that exist in a home. Um, so what that means is we remove the lead, um, any asbestos or vermiculite, um, or help replace any leaky or gas um, uh, appliances, leaky um, gas appliances, um, and that allows for the household to then go into the weatherization pipeline where they can get those services done to help reduce the energy burden. And again, that's a very limited program. We're working on trying to um, increase the funding for it, but we can only work on about 10 to 20 projects a year um, because of the funding of that program. That brought up a good question in my mind. Are you guys ever a part of building new homes and making sure that the new homes are actually going to be um, perhaps green or sustainable or more energy efficient? No, because um, there are uh, great um, programs in place that help do that already. Um, Habitat for Humanity is one, um, but that's not the issue. The, the building emissions is actually more existence in 
existing buildings. <laughs> um, uh, Connecticut is uh, an old state, and much of our housing stock was built, um, you know, predates the 50s. So it's those homes that are good quality homes, but just need a bit of, you know, being brought up to the 21st century. Um, so that's that's where the issues are. And if we can get more of those homes, you know, weatherized or get the health and safety issues that exist remediated, we can then start to see not only a savings and energy use in bills, but bring the emissions of those buildings down. If we're ever going to get to uh, a carbon-free future, we really do need to start with the old housing stock that exists. In each of our big cities, at least 30% of the housing is, uh, again, predates the 50s. Um, so that's where the priority should be. We're continuing our conversation at least for a few more minutes with Brenda Watson, Executive Director of Operation Fuel. You mentioned much earlier in our episode of Face Connecticut today that there's the Add-A-Dollar program. Could you, again, explain what that is and what people need to know about it? Thank you for bringing that up. Um, So the Add-A-Dollar program was established in 1984 in partnership with utility companies. And that program was established to ensure that Operation Fuel would have a steady source of, of, of income to help people annually with their, um, with their monthly energy bills. Uh, so 100% of the money that is raised through that program by ratepayers is donated to the utility company via uh, electric or gas bills. And 100% of that money is then returned to Operation Fuel. And uh, we don't use a penny of it for admin or overhead. And that goes right back out into the hands of uh, folks who need the uh, the support. Um, so it's a, a really it's the easiest way to give for people. It's a great program. Um, if we can help promote that more, uh, we could potentially earn um, a lot of a lot of money so that we can give that money back out. Um, again, 100% of it goes right back out into the community. What would you tell anybody listening that's thinking to themselves that come August, they might be in need of applying for energy assistance? What would you tell them to keep in mind, apply early, anything mm-hmm. else? I would also tell them to keep in mind um, to reach out to the utility company if they feel that they're going to struggle with their utility bill to get on a payment plan or to get on one of the uh, arrearage forgiveness programs and to pay attention to your usage. Um, If there are things that you're not using in your home, appliances that you can unplug while you're not home, uh, keeping your window shades open to bring some of that solar heat in. If it's a chilly day, excuse me, if it's a, a cold day, um, I'm sorry. And, and if it's the opposite, if it's really hot, keep your windows closed to prevent that heat from coming in. Um, and um, uh, yeah, just, you know, you got to pay attention to the bill, um, pay attention to your usage, and um, continue to do what you can to keep that usage down as much as possible. And Brenda, if Operation Fuel had about 9,000 households in need of assistance last winter season, are you expecting that again this year, that kind of number? We are. We are expecting it again. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to serve everyone, um, but we're going to do our best to continue to fundraise um, so that we can meet the demand. 
in our last minute, Brenda, could you just let everybody know how to get in touch with Operation Fuel and anything else that you wanted to get out on Face Connecticut this morning? Sure. The best way to reach out to us is uh, through our website, um, operationfuel.org. We have a list of our fuel banks on our website. If uh, there's other services that you may need, um, most of them do provide wraparound services. Uh, The Add a Dollar program is the easiest way to give. Uh, You can do that by going to your uh, utility company. It's either Eversource UI uh, Wallingford Electric, Norwich Public Utility, and Jewett City, they all also collect at a dollar on our behalf. And again, it's the easiest way to give. It's 100% driven by ratepayers, um, and it goes right back out to ratepayers. Brenda, I appreciate your time this morning. Maybe a little later in the year we can do another update together, okay? I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Take care, Brenda. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.